Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Today is a historic day. It is the 11th day of June 2018. Here is the headline from Debka, D-E-B-K-A dot com. I want to read this to you and ask you some questions, maybe remind you of a few things that the Bible has to say about our future. The nuclear deal of the century is ready to go. Wow. There's a picture of Donald Trump with an angry look on his face and Kim Jong-un with this kind of a doofus look, if you ask me. But anyway, here's what he says in this Debka report. Take out the advertising from Hyundai. Go away. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Even before U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un's airplanes landed in Singapore, both leaders knew exactly how their epic summit would turn out. Their teams had finalized their deal down to the last detail. Trump hinted as much when he told reporters before flying out of Canada after the G7 summit that he would know in the first minute of their meeting whether or not Kim meant business about dismantling North Korea's nuclear program got to keep in mind that Donald Trump is no pushover. He's tough. Four joint teams had been working around the clock in Washington and Pyongyang, Beijing, and Singapore to provide the U.S. president with this level of confidence when he stepped into what is called unknown territory Both teams covered the key issues of denuclearization and the North's uh, ballistic missiles, which are capable of targeting the United States, supposedly. They also worked on a program for revamping North Korea's uh, economy under the U.S. guarantee and formulated a special Trump administration guarantee for the security of Kim Jong's regime and family. Unlike similar high-stakes events in the past, not a whisper of the deal in the making leaked out in advance, mostly due to the role taken by Chinese President Xi Jinping, and I'm sure that's not the right pronunciation, the third wheel in the two-way summit as the dragon guarding the gate. All the same, given the volatile temperaments of the two main actors, it would be risky to rule out in advance any last-minute upsets over some detail or other. Nevertheless, Neither can um, be neither can be unaware that the eyes of the world are on the Capella Hotel 
at 9 a.m. June 12th. That would be tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Expecting them to come out and announce the nuclear deal of the century. DEPCA is a very good resource for news that you can't really get in the United States. I believe it's from Israel. Now, what does that have to do with prophecy and the Bible? Well, in my estimation, the Korean deal, although it's kind of a big deal, is a sideshow and it's a distraction away from what is happening in the Middle East, which is far more reaching and far more important to you and your future. Here's why I say that. Let's read chapter 24, not of Matthew this time, but of Isaiah. They are sort of similar. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty. Not the United States empty, not Korea empty. The earth and makes it waste, turns it upside down, and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Woe! And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, so with this, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress. He's leveling the playing field. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of him usury. The land shall be utterly emptied, utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. Sounds like he's wrathful, but I, I just wonder if it's our own doing. The earth and mourn, uh, I'm sorry, the earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth now languish. They're not arrogant anymore. They're humbled down to the ground. The earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. God's not even doing this. It's us. Because they have transgressed the laws and changed the ordinance and broken the everlasting covenant of love between God and men. Therefore, well, I added that part. Verse 6, chapter 24 of Isaiah. Therefore has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are found guilty and desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. Now, what exactly is he talking about here? Verse 7, The new wine mourns and the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh and groan and moan, in other words. The mirth of the tabrets ceases, the noise of them that rejoice, excuse me, rejoice ends, and the joy of the harper ceases. The joy of the harp, the, the guitar. They shall not drink the wine 
or wine with a song, strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. The city of confusion is broken down, and every house is shut up, boarded up, that no man may come in. There is crying because of the wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. This sounds really, really scary and dire. In the city, it's left desolate, and the gate is smitten down and broken with destruction. When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as a shaking of an olive tree, and as the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. They didn't shake the olive tree in those days. But we do today. We have machines. We have tractors that lock themselves around the base of the tree and shake down all of its fruit. How did God know that? He knows everything about the future and about us. And that brings up a topic I'd like to just touch on for a second, and that is that does God know our every thought and every word we're ever going to say in advance? I don't think he does. I don't think he chooses to. But what do you think? Send your email uh, on that to jesusisy at gmail.com. That's J-E-S-U-S-I-S-W-H-Y at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments. Verse 13, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be the shaking of the olive tree and the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is already picked. They shall lift up their voice and sing for the majesty of the Lord and cry aloud from the sea. So glorify you the Lord in the fires. That's an interesting way to put this. In the east, in other words. Even the name of the Lord God of Israel in the islands of the sea, like Hawaii and so forth. From the uttermost parts of the earth we have heard songs, even glory to the righteous. But I said, my leanness, I pine away in my leanness, woe to me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Hmm, that's kind of an interesting way to say this about Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump. Interesting. Yes, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. It, it means dangerously to me. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. Now, I don't think this whole thing's going to blow up into a nuclear disaster. That's not what the Bible predicts. Now, it's going to be in the Middle East, not in Korea, not in the United States. And it shall come to pass, verse 18, that he that flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he that comes up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in a snare. 
the windows from on high are open, God sees everything, and the foundations of the earth shake. The earth is utterly broken down, and the earth is clean dissolved. Now, that doesn't mean like a, a, oh, I don't know, maybe a pill or something you put in water and stir up and it gets dissolved in there. No. But the earth is utterly broken down, verse 19, the earth is clean dissolved and the earth is moved exceedingly. Yes, well, you can read more about that in Ezekiel 38 in verse 20. But in verse 20 of Isaiah 24, he says, The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and be removed like a cottage. What happens when you have a cottage? Well, you break it down into pieces and haul it off as rubble. Well, the whole earth is going to look like that because of the shaking. And I can explain that shaking, I think. Why is that earth shaking? Well, it's shaking... Because when they blow up the oil fields in the Middle East, it's going to generate a large hole. That large hole is going to be filled with what is valuable in the Middle East. And what would that be? Oil. It's obvious. Oil. And it's going to set it on fire. When they nuke that sand away from that oil it will cause a great fire that cannot be extinguished by any group of nations. And that's what's going to cause the shaking. Now, how's that going to happen? Well, the smoke itself is bad enough because it's going to blanket the earth and it cannot be extinguished or taken out by, um, by rain It cannot be dissolved or removed by rain, first of all, because there won't be rain, and second of all, because the heat of that fire will be at millions of degrees. That's going to fuse the particles of unburnt hydrocarbon to the air molecules. We're going to have black air, and that's going to start moving around the world day by day a little darker until the whole earth isn't getting any sunlight. There won't be crops. There won't be rain. There won't be weather. Instead, darkness and heat. That heat cannot be dissipated because now it's got a blanket of smoke. It's not dissipating through that thick blanket of smoke. And what's going to happen then to the earth? Well, we have ice caps, big, big ice caps, especially at the base in the South Hemisphere. And uh, I believe every bit of that's going to turn to water. It's going to melt. When Antarctica melts, the whole earth is going to turn upside down. And it's going to shake in the process of doing that. And it's going to reel to and fro, just like he said right here in verse 20. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and be removed like a cottage. And the transgression 
thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again the way it was. In other words, verse 21, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the mighty ones, the high ones that are on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth. Wow. Verse 22, and 23 is the last one. And they shall be gathered together as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. As prisoners are gathered in the pit, they shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days, they will be visited. That is the second resurrection, seems to me. And verse 23 says, Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients gloriously. The ancients, like Isaiah, are going to be resurrected and they will be rulers in the kingdom. We're not going to heaven when we die. No, we're going to God's memory bank where he can resurrect our memories, our thoughts, our ideas, our words, our deeds. Everything in our memory is going into his memory bank, and that's what he will resurrect in the future. And that future is great. But it's only great because of him. If you don't have him in your life, you don't have anything good to look forward to in the resurrection. And there will be a resurrection. So stay with Jesus. Stay on top of things in the world. He told us to watch. And so that's what I'm attempting to help us do a little bit of and to stay current, and to stay in the realization that there's nothing that significant to fear about this meeting between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. So that's my take on it. If you disagree with me, please let me know. Go to JesusIsWhy at gmail.com and send me an email. In the meantime, you can go to my website. I don't have a thing to sell on that website. It's jesusiswhy.com. You can also get there by going to itellwhy.com. Because I want the world, I want the people, I want you guys all to know the future based on the Bible. You're probably not going to hear anything like this anywhere else. Well, that can be good or bad. I wish everybody that is having anything to do with prophecy would understand more. So pray for understanding, all of you. I do that every day. I need more understanding. How can I help you if I put out a podcast that has nothing to do with reality. Now, we need to get real and not fear. We need to trust. We need an innocence and a trust in God that he knows what he's doing and he cares about us. He loves us. 
That's why I believe he learns. He's learning what we think and how we will react under all circumstances. Try your best to please him. I do too. I need this as well as you or anybody else. I am not greater than you, and I hope that you will go into the kingdom ahead of me. Who am I? But I want to be God's servant forever. And I hope you do too, because it's an exciting future that he's got planned, let me tell you. It's going to be great. There are worlds that he's building out there that need inhabitants. How's that going to happen? Do you believe God is going to build those worlds into living places? He said that. He said that I look forward to a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. It can't dwell in rocks. It has to dwell in people. And that's the thought I want to leave with you today. There are great things ahead. Don't dismay. Don't be scared. It's okay. God's got it under control. All things. And keep in mind and keep your eyes on the Middle East because that is where things are really going to matter and heat up in more ways than one. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.